Father Almighty. Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. And is seated at the right hand of the Father and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Catholic Church. The communion of saints. The forgiveness of sins. The resurrection of the body. And the life everlasting. Amen. What do you believe? Our scripture today comes from Two passages, first of all, 1 Peter 3, beginning with verse 18. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit, through whom He also went and preached to the spirits in prison who disobeyed long ago. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 15 Paul is writing, beginning with verse 3, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that He appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then He appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, He appeared also to me as to one abnormally born. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Hello, Christ Church and all of our friends joining us today. If you're on the website, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a prayer request or praise report. If you're with us on Facebook, say hello to other friends in the chat. Let us know that you're here. And of course, you can follow along with my outline on the website or the church app. So, how are you doing today? I trust you're, you are well as we continue through this summer. You know, the, the heat of the summer reminds me of the heat of life sometimes. We can feel as though we are walking through a very difficult season and wonder if it will ever end. Well, friends, we know that the summer will end. But in times like these, I am grateful for close, trusted friends when the heat is on, who come alongside and encourage me. You know what? We need friends like that. And we need to be a friend like that to those who need us. 
That's part of loving our neighbors. That's part of being connected with one another in the body of Christ, the gathered community of faith, the church. Do thank God for the connections, for the people He has giving, given to you with others in the body of Christ, the church. Amen? Amen. Today I'm continuing my series titled, I Believe, based on the Apostles' Creed. We've said that it's important for us to be able to articulate and to share the core foundation of our faith in a time when many people have questions and even doubts about what to believe. We want to be able to confidently point to the good news of the gospel that has been passed on to us. Those earliest Christians understood the importance of helping new followers learn to articulate the core beliefs of their faith. Questions they gathered to do just that eventually formed the basis of what became the Apostles' Creed. One of the key messages that the Apostles were sharing wherever they went was this. Because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, we no longer have to fear death. That was a message that resonated with many people back then. It still resonates today because it is something with which all of us, ancients and moderns, still have to reckon with. Death is part of our human journey. Although most of us spend as little time thinking about death as we can, hello, everything else about life beckons us. We tend to be busy with living, but nonetheless, we can't escape the reality of death. It usually resides in the back of our minds until something happens to bring it to the forefront again. Yet the God who knows and loves us has given us reason to live confidently, knowing that we no longer have to fear death. The good news the apostles declared was this, in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, He has won victory over sin, death, and the grave for all who believe. You can post victory in the chat. Then as now, there were some people who were intrigued and then became captivated by this good news. And there were others who weren't quite sure or even scoffed. Then as now, we have the freedom, the opportunity to decide what we believe about life and death and life after death. What should we believe? For the skeptic, I believe the gospel of Jesus Christ is worth reasonable and full examination. We've seen that the Apostles' Creed is structured around the Trinity. I believe in God the Father. And I believe in Jesus Christ. And I believe in the Holy Spirit. Each section of the Creed begins with each person of the Trinity and includes one or more phrases. But we've also seen that six of the twelve affirmations of the Creed focus on Jesus. A remarkable testimony to the place that Jesus held in the earliest teachings of the Apostles. It's in the person and the work of Jesus Christ that God's full plan of redemption and salvation is revealed. Amen? Amen.
the apostles plainly declared, Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord. Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew name Joshua, which means God saves. Remember, the angel told Joseph, you're to give him the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. They declared him Lord or absolute ruler over their lives because he was worthy of that title. Having seen and encountered Jesus after the resurrection helped them to begin to understand the magnitude of what God had done. From the witness of the scriptures, the Apostles' Creed declares, He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. The scriptures point to both Jesus' humanity and divinity. Jesus is fully human, fully divine. This is the wonder of the Incarnation. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, John 1.14. In Jesus Christ, God Himself miraculously has stepped into our world. And we've said because He is fully human and fully divine, Jesus is fully qualified to be our Savior. You can post fully qualified in the chat. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the what? The sin of the world. The apostles understood that Jesus came as the perfect Passover Lamb whose body was broken, whose blood was shed once for all that our sin, yours and mine, could be forgiven. The apostles pointed to the simple facts of Jesus' death. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. And yet, against the backdrop of the Old Testament sacrificial system, the apostles also understood this. Jesus suffered and died to pay the penalty for our sins. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus is the one who makes us right before God. Last week we focused on Jesus' suffering and death. Today we want to focus on what happened after Jesus' death. At the heart of the Christian, Christian message is Jesus' resurrection. But there was an understanding in the early church that something else happened as well. Let's talk about this phrase from the creed today, He descended to the dead, which sometimes is written descended to hell or descended to Sheol. Now, Sheol is the Hebrew word referring to the shadowy realm of the dead. Sheol in Jewish faith is where people, dead people go when they die. You may notice that some versions of the Apostles' Creed include this phrase and some do not. In fact, the earliest versions of the Apostles' Creed do not include this phrase. For this reason, some versions include it and, and some don't. That's the way it is in our United Methodist hymnal. It's not included, but is listed as a footnote. Now, though it's not always included, what is this phrase getting at? The phrase, 
He descended to the dead is the early church's answer to the question, what was Jesus up to between the time of his death on Friday afternoon and his resurrection early Sunday morning? The passage of scripture that many point to is 1 Peter 3, 18 and 19. In his letter to be circulated to churches, the apostle Peter declares, for Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. That's core gospel preaching right there. He goes on, he was put to death in the body, but made alive by the spirit. That's still very familiar. Then through whom he also went and preached to the spirits in prison who disobeyed long ago. This part of the passage about Jesus preaching to the spirits in prison who disobeyed long ago is a passage that Bible scholars continue to debate. Exactly what did Peter mean? There's all kinds of debate about it. Some suggest the passage implies that Jesus proclaimed the gospel to those who had died before his coming. That for all those in the realm of the dead who had died before his coming, Jesus went to them and proclaimed his victory over death and the grave to them. One interpretation that received a lot of attention in church tradition became known as the harrowing of hell. Harrow means to upset, to turn over, to break up. With this interpretation, Jesus went to declare victory over Satan and evil powers. To break up hell, to terrorize hell, to, to harrow it, to let Satan know things are different. Satan thought the crucifixion of Jesus was his greatest victory over God and God's plan. But at the moment of Jesus' death and then descent to the dead, then Satan first realizes Jesus' death was actually God's plan. And in fact, it would be the means of his, Satan's, defeat. Hallelujah! Remember this. Included or not, this phrase reminds us of the full extent of Jesus' victory over Satan and death. He descended to the dead. The third day he rose from the dead. Our phrase from the Apostles' Creed today should remind us of this. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is the central proclamation of the church. We serve a risen Savior. There is no one else quite like Jesus. The creed reflects what the scriptures declare. The third day he rose from the dead. The resurrection is God's exclamation point on his triumphant victory, crowning the great redemptive act of Jesus' death on the cross and descent to the dead. The resurrection declares Jesus' victory over sin, death, and the grave. The resurrection vindicates Jesus' claim. Remember to Martha in John eleven twenty five, 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. 
He who believes in me will live even though he dies. The resurrection vindicates our declaration that anyone who puts their trust in Jesus will be saved. To believe in Jesus does not simply mean to believe that he lived or believe that he was a great ethical teacher or even that he, he worked miracles. You know, most Muslims, Hindus, or Buddhists would believe all of those things about Jesus. The distinctive of the Christian faith is that we believe Jesus is the risen Lord. We believe that His death and resurrection publicly testifies to God's victory over sin, death, and the grave. We know that we are forgiven because the power of sin has been broken through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Another thing to remember, the resurrection of Jesus is the first fruits of our future bodily resurrection. Get this, God is saving all of you and me. Our body, our soul, our mind, our spirit. In Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, he points out, because Jesus has been resurrected, we have the assurance that we will someday be resurrected as well. And like Jesus, receive glorified bodies. This is why Paul declares in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, but Christ indeed has been raised from the dead. The what? First fruits of those who have fallen asleep. This means that Jesus Christ is the pioneer or the first, guaranteeing that a full harvest will come at the end of time. Every time I conduct a funeral, in the midst of the sorrow and the pain, I know that though we are committing this earthly body to this grave because of Jesus' resurrection, that is not the end of the story. There is the promise that because Christ has been raised, we too will be raised with Him in glory. Jesus is the first fruits, the pioneer, and we will follow after Him. One final thing to consider. The resurrection of Jesus makes Christianity unique. Today, people often say that all religions are basically the same. But the Apostle Paul teaches that the resurrection of Jesus is the central distinguishing feature of Christianity. In fact, he goes so far as to say that if Jesus has not been raised, then all of our preaching is totally useless. And so is our faith. Paul willingly places the entire credibility of the Christian gospel on the truthfulness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Dr. Timothy Tennant says this, Without the resurrection, the Christian gospel is not that different from Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism. We would be just another human religion struggling to make sense of the transcendence of God. But the difference of the Christian faith is we're not merely a human religion. The great proclamation of the gospel is about who God is and what God has done in the midst of actual human history. That's what makes Christianity unique. That's why Paul's testimony is so powerful. 1 Corinthians 15, he writes... 
For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And then Paul continues in verse 5 of chapter 15, and that He appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve. After that, He appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then He appeared to James, then to all of the apostles, and last of all, Paul says, He appeared to me also. We serve a living Savior, a Savior that many people saw had been raised from death to life. Because Jesus is the risen Lord, our faith is not useless or without effect. In fact, because of Jesus' resurrection, we have victory, hope, and purpose. Victory? Yes, victory over sin, death, and the grave. Jesus has won the battle. Hope? Yes, hope in the midst of whatever your present circumstances. Jesus is always with you. And one day the pain and the struggles of this life will be redeemed. Purpose? Yes, a lifelong purpose. Loving Almighty God and loving other people by sharing with them this glorious good news about Jesus. Victory, hope, and purpose. Let's pray about that. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, Almighty God, gracious Lord, we thank you again for the wonderful experience we have in this life through our faith in your Son, Jesus. The way of salvation that you have provided in the Scriptures ring true. We do have a sin problem. We're not able to shake it on our own. You sent your Son, the Anointed One, the long-predicted Messiah, who would save people from their oppression, from their heartache. He lived, died on the cross, and was raised. In those profound acts, He won the victory for us over sin, death, and the grave. We are forgiven. Sin's power has been broken. We no longer have to fear death and can experience victory, hope, and purpose as we live forward into the future. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed and everyone said, Amen! Amen! Hey, as a time of response, I invite you now to share with me in the Apostles' Creed ecumenical version. Let's share together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. The third day, He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven 
and is seated at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I hope the message spoke to you today. Remember, because of Jesus' resurrection, we have victory over sin, death, and the grave. If you'd like to visit more about the message or how you can have this new life with God through faith in Jesus Christ, please contact me. If you've joined us today and have prayer requests or praise reports, send them to us. We want to hear from you. Use the app. Go to the website. You know, giving back is one of the most tangible ways to thank God for His goodness. You can use text to give. You can go to the app, go to the website, mail in contributions. Thank you for your generosity. Be sure to take advantage of our discipleship opportunities. Find all the information you need on our website, cumctulsa.com. Remember, there is no one like Jesus. He descended to the dead. The third day, He rose from the dead. That's good news, friend. Look forward to these upcoming opportunities. For now, who do you know that needs to hear this good news about the risen Jesus? Lisa, I have the attention of goldfish. Oh, I'm sorry. Seriously, it's been watching me all day. Many guests attend our services every week, either online or in the sanctuary, and we are thrilled to welcome them. Some may have questions about our church, its beliefs, history, and membership. We want to help. Discover CUMC is July 18th at 2 p.m. You can learn more about our church and its ministries, or even join the church. July 15th through 17th, Christ Church is volunteering at the New Life Festival on Guthrie Green in downtown Tulsa. Are you looking for a way to serve the community and show Christ to the world? Contact Jim Stillwell to sign up. Parenting is a lifelong commitment, and sometimes we have questions. Hurting Parents Support Group can help you navigate the changes your family encounters as your children become adults. Hurting Parents next meets today, July 11th at 5 p.m. You can find all this information on our website, cumctulsa.com. Come celebrate with us at the free New Life Festival on July 15th through the 17th from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Guthrie Green in Tulsa. Come enjoy some great music, a message of hope, and receive prayer for you and your family. That's the New Life Festival. It's all about hope, prayer, and healing. Visit us online at newlifefestival.org to get all the info.